Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh, new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke, patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. I'm grateful for every one of you that listen to this broadcast, men, women, and children, perhaps entire families, uh, perhaps even entire churches. If, you're, if you've been blessed by this ministry, I, I just want to ask that you would let other people know. Uh, just get the word out and let them know. And uh, if somehow that you can write to me, you could either write to Voice of Hope Africa or you could write to me and just let us know, uh, has your life been impacted? Is your life being changed by these messages? If you would let us know, that would encourage us as well. Well, we are continuing on in our series called the Know Your Faith series, and that is in the, in the Gospel of Luke. I believe this is part 61 <laughs> of our series, and we're in Luke chapter 9. You remember now, I told you many times at the outset of this series, we're not in a rush. We're taking our time, and, and that has proven uh, to be the case. I would imagine that um, who knows how many messages there will be in Luke. Uh, I bet about 150. We'll see. But uh, in any case, before we get into God's word, we're in Luke chapter 9. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, and child that is listening to this broadcast. And once again, I ask you for them that their lives would be changed and transformed as they open the word with me, as they seek you, Holy Spirit, to teach them. You are the master teacher, and you always seek to conform us into the image of Jesus, our Savior, and to glorify the Father and the Son. You do that perfectly as God, the Holy Spirit. And now we, we open our hands, we open our hearts, we open our eyes, we open our ears to all that you have for us. And as we are changed and transformed, we pray that you would help us to be your blessing to everybody that we come into contact with. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Luke chapter 9, we're going to get into verse uh, 37. You know, before I do that, it just, it just occurred to me that it would probably be good just to share my own personal testimony of the prayer that I, the last part of the prayer that I just prayed for you, and that is, Father, help me to be your blessing 
to everyone that I come into contact with. I've been praying that. Um, I want to estimate for about 30 years now, almost on a daily basis. And, you know, I simply ask you, is that a prayer that God wants to answer? Well, we know it is. And he does answer it. And what, what happens with that prayer is then I'm focused on honoring God in relationships, and I'm focused on the other person more than on myself. That's the way it should be. That's what brings us true joy. But the prayer also is my way of saying that, Father, I have nothing to give to this person except you and your truth and your presence. And and so I'm the prayer is a prayer of dependence, isn't it? It really is a prayer of dependence that in effect, what I'm saying is that if I don't pray this prayer, then I really don't have anything to give to people. But I want them to see you, Jesus, in and through me. And um, so I just commend that to you. I would encourage you to consider adopting that as a daily prayer. And if you do, I know that it, it will change your life, a simple prayer like that, and it will help you to, to look outward um, and not inward. All right, Luke chapter 9, uh, beginning in verse 37. Now, let me just remind you that you'll recall that the previous passage dealt with uh, the transfiguration of Jesus along with Moses and Elijah, and it ended with Peter wanting to make three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And he was therefore putting Jesus on the same level as the great two of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. But the reality is that Jesus was not on their level. Uh, he is their Lord. He is God, the Son, and the Son of Man. And uh, one person with two natures, perfectly united, not mixed. And Peter did not understand that. And so when he finished saying it, probably couldn't even complete his sentence. Luke tells us in verse 34, while he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. That is Peter, James, and John. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And then a voice came out of the cloud. Verse 35, saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And uh, then verse 36 tells us, when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And there's a reason for that. He stands alone as the Savior of the world, as the Messiah of the world, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the disciples kept silent and reported to no one in those days any of the things which they had seen. Now we're ready to get to verse 37. On the next day, when they came down 
from the mountain, a large crowd met him. And a man from the crowd shouted, saying, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only son, my only boy. And a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams, and it throws him into a convulsion with foaming at the mouth, and only with difficulty does it leave him, mauling him as it leaves. Now, my friends, put yourself in this man's shoes. Can you imagine seeing your little boy, or however old he was, dominated, controlled by a violent demon? Notice what he says, that it throws him into a convulsion with foaming at the mouth, and only with difficulty does it leave him, mauling him as it leaves. This is a horrific sight. In fact, the other thing is we find is that this boy was his only child. And in those days, as in much of the world today, it was and remains essential for uh, a married couple to have children that can take care of them in their old age. But of course, there is just the love of children. And so there's two things that are so difficult for him. He is, he clearly is concerned that this boy will never live out his days the way that this demon throws him around like a rag doll. And then the other thing is that the boy is helpless. And what a heartbreaking matter that must have been for this man who was desperate. And you and I would be desperate as well if we were in that situation. But there's more, much more to the story. Notice with me in verse 40, the man says, I begged your disciples to cast it out, and they could not. Now, these were the other nine disciples, because clearly, obviously, Peter, James, and John were with Jesus up on the mountain. Now, the other thing that's important for us to keep in mind here, these same nine disciples Jesus had sent out, if, you'll, if you have a Bible with me, turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 1. We have to remind ourselves of what, you know, when we're studying Scripture, we should try to keep in mind, or we must keep in mind, the verses in the passage that go before the verse or the passage that we're currently studying and the reason is that we get much more out of what we're studying because it's it's a whole, it's a combined whole. Now, notice with me in Luke 9, verse 1, and he called the 12 together and gave them power. This is exousia, uh, uh, I'm sorry, power, a, a dunamis, ability, possibility, and authority. 
And that's the Greek word exousia, which is a legal authority, spiritually speaking. And what was it for? Power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. And so a short time before this man begs these nine disciples, not one of those nine disciples had the faith to cast out this demon. Yes, I understand that the demon's power was formidable. But listen, friends, Jesus' power is infinite. Did you hear me say that? Infinite. His name, his authority has infinite power over the demonic realm. And these nine disciples should have known that. What an what can you imagine? The disciples, those nine disciples are standing right there with Jesus, and they watch this man in desperation say to their Lord, looking at them, I begged them to cast this demon out of my boy, and they could not. Wow, they, they must have been speechless. And now I want you to, to see Jesus then turn from looking at the man to those nine and to the other three that were now together with them. And he answered and said to them, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long? Shall I be with you and put up with you? Wow, that, I don't know about you, but when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about perfect patience. And what this tells us, my friends, is that there was an expectation that Jesus had for his disciples to grow in their faith. Are you growing in your faith in the Lord? Are you growing in the Lord in your walk with him? That's the title of this message today. Are you growing in the Lord? You see again, my friends, Jesus had already sent them out on a mission to cast out demons, and they were successful. How is it that in a fairly short time, they are now unable to cast this demon out? Well, there in Matthew and in Mark, you, they both have this same account in their Gospels. And in Mark's Gospel, in Mark chapter 9, in verse 28, Mark gives us this insight. Mark 9, verse 28. When he came into the house, that is the house where he was living, P 
Peter's home, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out but by anything but prayer. So what that tells me, my friend, is that the power that the disciples had was not taken care of, nourished, through a lifestyle of consistent prayer. Now, I think I mentioned to you perhaps in last week's message that I've counted two occasions where when Jesus was praying, his disciples were sleeping, even though they were with him. One is, is in the same chapter that we're studying today in Luke chapter 9. And the other is in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus needed his disciples to pray with him, and they didn't. So this tells me, I mean, it, it, it really is, I don't mean to be critical of the disciples, but it, it is hard to imagine when you have your Lord and Savior with you and he's praying and you fall asleep. That speaks of spiritual slumber. And when we walk in spiritual slumber, then we are not going to be praying. That's for sure. And so that's what Jesus said to them. You want to know? Well, here's the answer. Because your prayer life is not good. And therefore, when you don't pray, you don't have power. It is as simple as that. That is one of the reasons why all of us must grow in prayer. And so if we want to grow in the Lord, we must grow in prayer. I think, my friends, one of the best ways to grow in prayer is to pray the word of God out loud. There are many other ways, praying with others, praying. There are so many ways. I don't have time to go into it now, but we will when we get to Luke chapter 11. Well, in Matthew's account of this boy and the demon being cast out of him, in Matthew's account, in uh, Matthew 17 in verses 19 and 20, Matthew 17 verses 19 and 20. Remember, the title is, Are You Growing in the Lord? Well, Matthew tells us, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Now, Jesus is not concerned about moving mountains. He is concerned about growing faith. And in this particular case, it took a growth in faith for these disciples to have the confidence in his name and in, in his authority 
to drive that demon out. And they didn't. And this brought great grief to Jesus. Listen, my friends, I don't want him to ever have to say to me, you unbelieving, perverted man. Well, he still has mercy on them. Remember, every time that Jesus speaks, every time, without fail, when we get mad, usually we sin. But when Jesus gets angry, the words that he speaks are always redemptive, even if they have a sharp point to them. Jesus didn't say this to cause the disciples to get discouraged or quit, but to motivate them to grow. Well, in uh, verse 41, we're back in Luke chapter 9, Luke 9, verse 41, and Jesus answered and said, I'm sorry, verse 40, uh, yeah, let me read it again. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you and put up with you? And then he turns to the father and says, bring your son here. And while he was still approaching the demon, now watch this, watch this carefully. The demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into a convulsion. That's what the father said happens. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, come out of him and, and healed the boy. So the healing, there's healing involved in the casting out of demons and gave him back to the father, to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. Now, the title again is, Are You Growing in the Lord? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to one more passage in Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 11 through 14, because these disciples weren't the only ones that weren't growing. Now, let me just quickly add, the disciples did grow. They failed here. They failed many times. But the key to these men is their devotion to the Lord and their humility. They could be corrected by Jesus. And that is the way that they grew. We have to receive correction to grow in the Lord, correction from him and correction from one another. Well, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 5, verse 11, concerning him, that is, they're speaking of Melchizedek, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. My friends, that is a dangerous place to be in when, when, if you and I become dull of hearing the word of God. And there's no question that the disciples were in that place as well. So the writer says in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles 
of the oracles of God, the basics that you were already taught, but you didn't grow with what you knew. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. They remained babies in the Lord when they should have been, by now, adults. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature. Now watch this, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. You see, my friends, that brings glory to the Lord. And so, if, if you recall back in Luke 8 with the parable of the sower, we are reminded that to grow in the Lord requires a good heart. No wonder Proverbs tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. To grow in the Lord means that we must guard our hearts against the things of the world that compete for our devotion to the Lord. And then to grow in the Lord requires close attention to our lives. The disciples were not paying close attention. If they were, they would have made sure that they were in God's word more. They were growing in prayer, but they weren't. Therefore, when you're not growing, you're going backwards. And therefore, their faith was not increasing. And then thirdly and finally, to grow in the Lord requires an eager desire to know Jesus. And at this point, sadly, they really didn't know him. But they would come to know him. And that's the encouraging thing, my friends, that God is patient with you and me. He doesn't write us off for our failures, but what he's looking for comes from one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 66, verse 2, but to this one will I look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. My friend, if you will take that seriously and make your life part of that, you will grow even though you make mistakes. Now let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person hearing this message. They would understand your love for them and your grace and your kindness, and your mercy, and your desire for them to grow. And if they need to repent of their sin and confess their sin, then move upon them to do that. But also, I pray for your encouragement that they would know that they can grow in you. And for those who are troubled with demons, possessed by demons, oppressed by demons, in the name of Jesus, we come together in prayer and in agreement and we rebuke the demons 
that are possessing and oppressing and controlling your mind and your body and your will and your emotions be gone in the name of Jesus and do not come back again into their lives. And now, my friend, if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray with me right now these words so you can be forgiven of your sin. If you've never asked him, pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, take my life. Use it for your glory. I surrender my life to you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a brand new creation. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come into my life and you are now my Lord and my Savior. Until next week, may the Lord's hand rest upon you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. He loves you, my friend. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.